0: I need fuel.
1: Mm-hmm. Give me fuel, take a flash, hit me, trades out of sight. Now, here are your hosts John Eddie Jr. and Tom Tuttle.
0: Welcome back to Fantasy Fuel. The football season is almost over. Mm The fantasy Mm -hmm. season has been over, but we are still talking. What are we (laughs) going to talk about tonight, Tom?
1: We're going to talk about the NFC North players.
0: And for fantasy purposes. For fantasy purposes, we're going to start with the Green Bay Packers because of their devastating loss in the national football conference championship game. We'll get more into that in our other episode of Fuel on the Fire because that was just a terrible performance. Will we see terrible performances out of the Green Bay Packers next year? Let's start with Aaron Rodgers. What do you think of him going into 2020?
1: I mean, this is going to allude to some of the next episode, but to me it just looks like he's lost the care. And I think that makes his value somewhat worse. But for him to have better value going into next year, the value that we're used to, they need another receiver and they need to stop doing little dump off passes. They got to trust his arm a little bit more, although his arm doesn't look great. So it's really difficult for me to sit here and say fantasy reasons that he's going to be superb. They need a better receiver than just Adams and Lazard. It's just that's that feels like that's the only two guys they got. And that's just nothing else is clicking. So they got to find somebody to step up and take the, and I don't want to say Randall Cobb, but maybe the Jordy Nelson role because Adams is Adams. <laughs> he has his own role. They need somebody to take that Jordy Nelson role. They just haven't found it.
0: Yeah. Devonte is the only playmaker they have in the yeah. receiving game. I mean, Jimmy Graham has like, one catch or two catches every two or three weeks that look awesome. You're Mm -hmm. like, oh, there's that Jimmy Graham I remember. But it's never really fully blossomed into the Jimmy Graham that we want him to be. So you talked about needing another receiver. The Packers, in my opinion, I mean, you pretty much said exactly what I thought about the game on a minimum right now. Yeah, The dump-offs, the offensive line play was not good. So we'll talk about what receivers they do have. Lazard came on a little bit at the end. You mentioned him. Um, He only had 110 points on the season. But it was consistent from about week seven or so on. He was getting targets. Not a ton. He had a couple of good games. But then you look at some of the other guys, like... MVS Marquez Valdez Scantling. We were hoping yeah, he was gonna be the guy. He had yeah. one twenty one point game, one twenty two point game, a ten point game, and then he disappeared for the rest yeah. of the season down the stretch. He mm-hmm. had one point six, zero, zero, one point seven, zero, 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 one point eight, and four point one in week seventeen. That yeah. is ridiculous. And then I'm trying to find Geronimo Allison. Yeah. He was just bad all year except for one 15-point game, one 10-point game, and then crap. Just yep. garbage. How how did Aaron Rodgers even be a somewhat decent fantasy quarterback? And I'm looking at his numbers, and it really wasn't that good this year. But overall, he ended up having an okay season.
1: But yeah, I think what needs to happen is uh, Aaron Rodgers needs somebody, like maybe this is the chance for the Equinemius St. Brown to get healthy next year, and he has a chance to take a role.
0: <laughs> there because, is zero reason why he wouldn't be able to have every shot at being yeah. the number two guy on this team next year unless yep. they draft or sign somebody out of free agency.
1: Absolutely. I mean, they, if he doesn't, well, they're probably going to draft somebody. I assume they always do. And it usually doesn't work out, but I mean, Equinemius has the, the body type to be a tremendous receiver and he's not huge. Like, uh, like, uh, the other guy we're going to talk about, I can't think of his name, uh, Metcalf, but he's a big receiver. He's quick. He's fast. He's got, he's got good hands. He just has to, he has to one get healthy and he has to put it together because he hasn't really putting it together since he's been in the league. But he didn't have a chance this year. So let's see what he can do next year. I, I'm I'm hoping for like <laughs> a really late flyer pick on him, but it's still early. We don't know who the Packers are gonna get.
0: Yeah, unless he looks good in preseason. Yeah, you don't exactly. even have to take a flyer on him. You could draft. Well, you a don't boy. have to. I'm just uh, saying I'm just saying he will be that far under the radar except in Wisconsin next year that there are a million other guys that you can probably be a little more confident taking even with a flyer pick. I love him. You love him. He just hasn't gotten the chance yet. And with the injury, who knows if he'll ever get back to form.
1: Yeah, he might not even. He might be just a nobody now that never plays again. Who knows? Now
0: there is one interesting player going into twenty twenty for the Packers. That's Jay Sternberger.
1: Mm, yeah. He finally got some
0: reps going into the playoffs. He had that touchdown against the 49ers. Yeah. He looks okay. Um, and obviously Jimmy Graham is a shadow of his former self. Uh, Mercedes Lewis was never a threat in there. (laughs) The Packers themselves never really use their tight ends, but they're going to have to try something. If Sternberger is as good as he's looked, you know, over the past couple of weeks, Mm -hmm. they're going to have to try and get the tight end involved. Although I don't know with Aaron Rodgers if he'll ever truly look for the tight end.
1: Well, I, I'm not 100% sure what's going to happen. I mean, ever since or Jermichael Finley, he hasn't used tight ends at all. Like, it's been it's super, super scarce. Um, but maybe it's, it's just really difficult to say to see Sternberger be something productive because there's two other tight ends on that team that we don't really know what's going to happen with them next year. Uh, Jimmy Graham's still somewhat decent. Uh, Mercedes Lewis, like you said, I there's no reason for him to be on the team right now. No, you just, Sternberger can completely take over that spot, but at some point, you'd think they got to get somebody. And unfortunately, I think they're looking for a more of a, a run protection, a pass protection type of tight end because let's face it. Aaron Rodgers just doesn't have enough protection. He sits back there for two seconds and he's getting hit. So the offensive line for the the Green Bay Packers just isn't good enough. So I feel like they're not going to utilize the tight end the way they should because they need him in pass protection or even run protection, obviously.
0: Yep. I couldn't, uh, I don't think I can add too much more to that. They need to try something different. Aaron Rodgers, like you said, we'll get into it and fuel on the fire, but he did, he just kind of looked like, I am so over it. I have had to fight yep. for every single point that I've got this year, and mm-hmm. it still didn't turn into as good of a season as it actually looked on their record. I mean, we can talk about that later, but it, yeah. it, it didn't look like the Packers' offenses that we were used to Um, I alluded to it when I was watching it with my dad last night. They just don't have that offense. They don't have even a second wide receiver, and they certainly don't have a third wide receiver where Aaron Rodgers could find those matchups, and you could spot that guy. Okay, maybe Jordy Nelson wasn't going to have Uh, You know, 6 for 140 and two-touchdown game, but he has 5 for 80, and then Randall Cobb gets 7 for 110 and two-touchdowns because he found the matchup that was good that game. There were no matchups. Their wide receivers matched up horrible against everybody except for (laughs) Devontae Adams. We don't really need to talk about him. He was as consistent as ever except for the four weeks that he was injured, and that's just the way it is with him. We got one last guy we'll talk about on the Packers for moving on in the NFC North, and that was the biggest bright spot for the Packers all year long, Aaron Jones. Mm -hmm. We talked about him preseason. We'll talk about him preseason this coming year. As long as he is healthy, he should be a major part of that offense, uh, hopefully, because uh, we have him in (laughs) a couple of leagues, I believe.
1: Yeah, and I I expect uh, everything that he did this year to be – Duplicated, especially if the Packers don't get another wide receiver. But I actually think it'd be better if they did. He'd get uh, more surprise carries that would lead to longer runs and and could up his average, which I think is already pretty good. So he's there's nothing there's no downside to him. If it goes down, it's not going to go down by much. If it goes up, it's probably not going to go up by much. So expect about what you're going to get with him next year.
0: Yep, he had 1,084 rushing yards, which is average for a number one running back. But that's 4.6 yards a carry. And then you and add 49 catches on top of that and all right. the touchdowns he got, which the touchdowns will probably come back to uh, a normal-ish number next year unless the Packers suck in the passing game again. Then he might be getting touchdowns, but... um all in all, he'll come back down a little bit because that touchdown production is not something that is sustainable, but he's not somebody right. that I'm going to shy away from. He was well, not the- out for any games. I think he might have been banged up in a couple, but he never didn't dress for a game this year.
1: Yeah, and it's been a while since the Packers have had a 1,000-yard rusher. So you're sitting here thinking, you got a 1,000-yard rusher, you got got um, – you got a bunch of touchdowns. You know, LeFleur likes to run the ball. It's not that he's, you know, he, he needs to pass a little bit more, I think, just because he has to have something other than the wide receivers they got, other than Adams, like we said. But he was running the ball because he didn't have the receivers. And I think that can continue and be successful for the Packers. So I'm, I'm 100% in on him. I just, uh, I, I, I'd be a little hesitant to say, that it's going to, I don't think it's going to get much worse. Now that the touchdowns is the one part that gets you because you're just thinking, man, there's no way he can get that many touchdowns again, but you never know because if they're at the goal line and they don't, don't trust in the wide receivers still, or the tight <laughs> end, you got to do something.
0: You got to do something. Uh, he's proved to be a very, very, very valuable asset. Um, Where do you think he deserves to be taking in fantasy drafts next year? Again, a way too early look at this, but deserves to be taken. You're not taking him with a top five pick.
1: No. There's
0: way more deserving guys out there. Are you taking him towards the end of the first round, or are you going to hold off completely till the second round?
1: I would not. If he's in the second round, i be really happy with that but i'm probably towards the end of the first I, it wouldn't be in the middle i just i don't think like you said that you can't duplicate the touchdowns so i'm going at the end of the first i still believe he's going to get a thousand yards i still believe he's going to be really productive he's going to get his touchdowns and his receptions and if the packers start passing the ball even more the receptions are going to count for more if you're in a ppr league if you're in a standard league that could hurt it but I absolutely 100% think it should be at the end of the first, and if it's in the second, you just you got a good value.
0: Yep, I, I'd have to go down my entire list, but I'm thinking if he's there at the right. turn, I'm very happy. I can take him and absolutely. a great number one wide receiver or maybe even a second running back, depending on what's Bye. left, and be pretty happy about that. Now, we'll move on, and we'll talk about the Minnesota Vikings. And we might as well start off with a guy that probably will go top five, even though he was injured late in the year. He put up such consistent numbers up until that fact that Dalvin Cook might have shook his stigma, but not completely.
1: Yeah, I I think it's gonna it's fine. Uh, he's 100 percent a top five running back this next year. Being, I think he's top five overall. No matter what, if you think about you know Michael Thomas taking the spot away from him, it doesn't matter. He's top five. He's gonna be good next year, and that's to me the only thing the Vikings really have <laughs> that is worth that type of consideration. Now I know Thielen and Diggs are gonna be drafted you know somewhat high but not anywhere close to that and Diggs, 100 has the ability to get over a thousand yards to get plenty of touchdowns I mean the guy is super talented and I think their offensive line for running the ball is actually really good and I, I don't again we've talked about it before but Madison is another guy that I would like to take late or maybe just you know grab him off of the waiver wire at some point if he's still there because that offensive line and both of them running backs are really good. And if I have Cook, I really want Madison. (laughs) Yep, that's
0: the biggest thing right now is if you're going to take Delvin Cook with a top five selection, maybe even top three depending on your league settings because he had a ton of receptions. And the weird thing about that is – Out of 53 catches, he didn't have any touchdowns receiving. So you would think that he can only add two or three touchdowns probably at a minimum if they pass it to him as much as they did uh, this coming season. You could probably expect 15 to 16 touchdowns out of him overall um, running and receiving. Uh, He averaged about four and a half yards a carry, which is about what Madison uh, averaged. Uh, Madison actually averaged higher yards per catch, but he only had 10 catches. So I think no matter who the running back for Minnesota is next year, uh, you're going to be fine. So if you handcuff Madison, this is the, one of the few handcuffs out there that I will be mm -hmm. confident with. Like you don't want to handcuff everybody. Because sometimes <laughs> they just aren't good. We've seen so many. Oh, the backup for so and so. He's the starter now because he's hurt for the rest of the year. And you go scoop him up and you use all your fab budget, and he ends up <laughs> getting two and a half yards of carry and maybe a touchdown the rest of the way. And you just you just wasted it. But Madison, yep. I believe, is one of those guys that he will not be wasted, and you can be confident right. having him when Delvin Cook has a week off somewhere down the line. He still hasn't played a full season.
1: Right. And here's the thing with Cook. I mean, people don't really realize it, but week seven, eight, nine, and 10, he had 25, 23, 21, and 26 attempts rushing rushing the ball. And then after that, the Vikings, like, completely changed what they did. They went week 11, they had, he he only had 11 attempts. And then week 13, because they had a, by week 12, week 13, nine attempts. Week 14, 18. So that's not bad. But then week 15, nine again. And then he didn't play week 16 or 17. So they went away from running the ball because they felt like I, this is my opinion. I feel like they felt like they needed to prove that they could pass the ball more and rely on Kirk to get far into the playoffs. It didn't happen because it's Kirk is Kirk, and that's what, that's what happens mm-hmm. when you got him on your team. But I feel like that's what they were trying to do. They were like, we know we can do well with Cook, but we can't win in the playoffs on just him. So they needed to try something. That's my opinion. <laughs> I didn't get that from any source or anything like that. But you, it, you can kind of just see that's kind of what was going on.
0: And they also can't win with what they ended up doing either because they got right. frounced by the – San Francisco 49ers in the second round of the playoffs after doing a great defensive effort in the first round against the Saints. As the only reason they won that game, is they were able yep. to hold the Saints down. They did not do it offensively. So going into next year, Kirk Cousins is still going to be one of those guys that I'm not drafting almost <laughs> – uh, uh, for any reason, he actually averaged a little less than Rodgers did. I think he was a little more consistent in how he scored his points compared to yeah. Rodgers, yeah. but it's just, he started off the season with four bad games in a row before, mm-hmm. oh, Kirk Cousins, see, I told you he was good, had three good games in a row, and then a bad, and then a good, and a good, and a good, and then it just went down every game the last four games of the season. He didn't play week 17 because they didn't need to. They already had their position yeah. wrapped up. But, yeah, it just kept getting worse towards the end of the season. I'm not sure what to think about that. But, like I said.
1: That's because they, they passed the ball too many times. He's not good when you have to pass the ball. So he can't get the fantasy numbers, even though fa- passing the ball, you would think, oh, good, he's going to throw it again. No, not with Kirk Cousins. It's completely opposite. He, he's better when there's a balance. It can't obviously be all running, but there has to be a certain type of balance. They didn't have the balance at the end of the season, like I said. So he's just not good when it's all on him. And, of course, we have to talk about Thielen and Diggs.
0: Thielen had an unbelievably bad year overall. He had a couple of good weeks. He started off average, and then he was just
1: not there. That's because he he had injuries that he just could not recover from. It's like it's constant. Like he get about out there, and I, I started him on my fantasy team, and I'm thinking, <laughs> okay, good, I got Thielen. Now this is all good. And this, this was in the uh, the listener league. Yes. I'm sitting there thinking, oh, finally got Thielen. Here we go. And then he gets a touchdown. Luckily, I got some kind of points out of him. <laughs> but he gets hurt, and then like he, he gets two weeks off because of the injury or whatever it is. And he comes back and like immediately gets hurt again. It's like this is just not good. If he's not ready to go, don't put him out there. i don't need this in my fantasy league right now
0: and and you even you picked up a guy to back up Thielen, and i picked up a guy to just fill in here and there Olabisi johnson
1: he actually got
0: a decent amount of targets overall for the playing time he got but you could never play him on the weeks where he got a decent amount of points you know i'm talking like 14, eight, eight, right. nine. like in the flag league, that's a decent, you know, score out of your 10th, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, flex option or whatever it is. Um, and he just, he couldn't fill the bill of Adam Thielen. Now, no. Stif-
1: and I think the problem with him is he's just, he's a rookie. I mean, he got to give him time. And this is why I really think he's got a future. Um, on the on the Vikings just because if they're gonna do any type of passing at all, they have to rely on him more. Because the Thielen just isn't as healthy as you want him to be. Diggs is still good. I really like Diggs still. And as far as uh uh fantasy goes, we didn't really cover Diggs, but I expect him to be, you know, somewhat high. I'm gonna probably take him in the third round if possible. Um And then uh, Thielen has that injury issue. B.C. Johnson is the guy that really has the opportunity to step up and take a role for this team. And then you can get him. You probably don't have to draft him at this point. He's still not known at all by anybody. So at this point, I'm taking him either really late and getting a good value because I really think, and I have to look it up, but I think he's almost better when Thielen was out there. So it almost makes it. Like he's the third guy. I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say this as fact <laughs> because I don't have that numbers in front of me. But from what I remember saying, Oh, he's Thielen's back. I can't start BC. I gotta go here. And every time I'm like, ah oh, frick, BC got like fifteen points. What's going on here?
0: Yeah, it was it was an odd season overall for all of the Minnesota Vikings wide receivers. Uh, I'm looking at Dig stats here. He's a guy that I have never touched and I probably yep. still will not touch, because his points came in bunches. He had half of his touchdowns in one game against the Eagles against their terrible cornerbacks. Yes, great. If you started him, good. But that was the first real good game that he had of the year. So at that point, people were probably benching digs. So if you didn't get those points but then kept starting him, You did okay the rest of the way because he had three 20-point games, a couple of 15 ish point games, and mostly double digits down the stretch. He's actually, he looks, I'm looking at his numbers, and he looks a lot like Deshaun Jackson's numbers do. He has 63 (laughs) catches for 1,130 yards and six touchdowns. Like, if that's not a Deshaun Jackson line, I don't know what is. And so if he can be consistent enough with the targets he's getting because – after that 46-point game against the Eagles, he never had less than five targets in a game. And right. when he did catch you know, most of those targets, he had a decent amount of yards, and he did you okay. So he's not a horrible option, but you probably will have to take him in the third round, and I don't know that I'm going to like him there.
1: I've never taken him, and I, I'm looking at it, and you know how I am about consistency. And like you said, after that week six, because there's no way I'm starting in week six. Right. After the f- terrible first five <laughs> weeks, there's no chance I'm starting in week six. But after that, it was really consistent except for two weeks. Everything else was super consistent. And I, I love the consistency when it comes to that. So I might take a chance on Diggs this next year, which I've never done before. So we'll see what happens. But a lot of things got to fall in place before I can make a commitment to him. But I, I like where he's at at the moment. All right, let's move along to the Chicago Bears. Oh, do we have to? We
0: do have to. Uh, Oh, man. There was one player on this team (laughs) that I (laughs) accidentally drafted in one league because my timer (laughs) ran out, and it was one of the best picks I had in that draft, (laughs) Allen Robinson. Yeah. That was the only consistent guy on that entire team all year long. So if you had him, you were fine. He's probably worthy of a third or fourth round pick this coming year. He, he averaged 16 is. points a game in the flag league, so that's good enough for that kind of consideration. But we are not 100% sure what they're going to have at quarterback next year. Is Trubisky going to keep downgrading himself every year he's in the league? Or... It can't get
1: much worse. It can't get much worse. I have to, I have to imagine. That if Trubisky is still the quarterback, which I assume he will be, that it's still going to be quite a bit of Allen Robinson. Um, if it's not Trubisky, then great. It it, <laughs> it doesn't hurt Allen Robinson. Here's here's the thing: Robinson has had in the flag league only three weeks where he was under ten points. That's as consistent as it gets. And to me, he's absolutely one hundred percent worth a third round pick, and I would love having him there.
0: Yep. Um let's just kind of run down the list of other guys that might have some impact. I mean, David Montgomery had a few good games, but he was not consistent. Yeah. Well, I okay, I won't say he wasn't consistent because he got seven points or more a game pretty much every week in some manner, whether it be twenty-five points against the Eagles because he had two touchdowns. Um, then you can look at, uh, 135 yard and one touchdown performance against chargers. Then he had a receiving touchdown against the lions and then he had 113 yards and a touchdown against the Vikings in week 17. That didn't matter to the Vikings. So there was all sorts of different ways that he scored points. He just wasn't consistent enough to want to put into your starting lineup because no, it was usually single digits for him.
1: Yeah. He's got, what's well, he one, two. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight weeks where he, and if you started him for some reason in your Super Bowl game, he gave you nine points, but he gave you eight weeks for less than 10 point that's that's half the season i'm sorry that's not acceptable no not acceptable
0: not acceptable yes he was a rookie yes he might be a little better next year
1: oh i'm sure he will be yes
0: but that bears offense looked nothing like it did the year before when we were telling everybody to go out and get Tariq cohen uh, this year oh, we kind of said, Hey, um, you might want to stay away from him. now in the flag league. He was still okay because he had a lot mm-hmm. of kick return yards and punt return yards, right. but overall, I mean, he, he had 79 catches, but he had 456 yards and only three touchdowns mm-hmm. and he only had 200 yards rushing. Like, That's not what we thought we were going to get out of Tariq Cohen, especially after my guy Mike Davis ended up being a complete and utter bust. (laughs) I thought, okay, well, if it's not a three-headed monster, then why isn't Tariq Cohen getting more catches and more opportunities with this football? Because Mitch Trubisky was not getting him the ball in good enough situations. I mean, he had, I know there's a game, if I can find it really quick, he had... Uh, nine catches for 44 yards. Another game, seven catches for 29 yards. Like, how? 29 yards. 29, 29 yards.
1: yards. That's, that's, that's
0: that's crazy. Yeah. So, uh, going into next year, Tariq Cohen is going to be another wild card. He probably will fall in drafts, and yes. he might be a decent value next year if you can get anywhere close to 2018 version of oh. Tariq Cohen. But That's I what don't. you
1: would be hoping for at of that course. point because I, I don't know how much I can trust it, but I wouldn't mind taking a gamble late. But there's no way I'm taking them where I probably took them this last year.
0: And there was really, other than David Montgomery, there was no rookies to really watch out for. Um, A second-year player in Anthony Miller, he started coming on towards the end of the year. Yeah, Uh, But it's just been a hit or miss amongst that whole team. And I'm sure you don't even want to talk about Chicago Bears' tight ends. So we can skip to the last team in that division if you'd like.
1: (laughs) Trey Burton. Can we play the sad music or whatever this is? Because this was just the worst. That's it. Yeah, Trey Burton, why? Please, tell me why you did so poorly. I had to trade for somebody else because you did so bad. Why? That's all.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, uh, yeah, that's, that's all you need to know about Chicago bears tight ends this last year oh, in specific so Trey Burton. He was absolutely terrible and then was injury prone. And yeah, I, and I are, and I, and I are, so we got one team left and that is the good old Detroit lions who, um, have <laughs> less quarterbacks drafted on their entire, uh, history of the team that have ever made the super bowl. They have less quarterbacks drafted than the Detroit Tigers do. (laughs) Detroit Tigers actually selected Pat Mahomes in one of their, you know, picks later on and stuff. So yes, the Detroit Tigers have drafted more Super Bowl quarterback players than the Detroit (laughs) Lions have. Just thought I'd throw that out there.
1: David Blau. David.
0: No, no. They do have a really good quarterback on their team still. Matt Stafford was actually having a really good fantasy season up until he got hurt and the beneficiary of Matt Stafford's great season. And still, even after he was hurt, Kenny Galladay, this guy seems like he is going to be, I, I might see him go towards the end of the second round next year. He'll be a third round player, probably in most cases, yeah. but I could see him if he's getting any hype and Stafford's saying, I feel ready. This is the best shape I've been in in years. Kenny Galladay is going to get the hype train rolling real soon.
1: Yep, absolutely. And like you said on Stafford, amazing year. I mean, there was, he had a couple, uh, not the greatest weeks, but everything else was over. Oh, no, he had one that wasn't over 30 points, but everything else was over 30 points other than the three games that I mentioned. So he's 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 a really good fantasy quarterback. The <laughs> the Lions need a lot of help everywhere yes, else. They do. But that's besides the point. That's we're not talking about that. We're talking about fantasy. So honestly, if Stafford's available and he's in the late rounds, it's it's worth uh picking him up because he's still getting the fantasy numbers. Now, go ahead and uh talk about something cuz I got to look up the actual stats <laughs> For this, uh, just give me a second. Yep,
0: yep. Well, their other wide receiver that ended up being out the last few games was Marvin Jones, and he was fine. He averaged 15 points a game in the flag lead, which is still a great wide receiver, 2, 3, right. wherever you've got him at. So he's still a decent player, again, with the not as many catches, but he had touchdowns. He had nine touchdowns this last season before going on IR in Week 15. So Marvin Jones is still going to be a consistent player, probably with pretty much any quarterback. And then you had Danny Amendola step up for a few games. So even David Blau yeah. was okay getting some points out of the wide receivers. So what were the yeah. stats you were looking up?
1: Okay. Now this is going to sound strange because I know a couple of weeks ago I said that if you put it on average that Tannehill was the second best quarterback in the league. Well that was because you had to take out the uh that first week where he came in to the game. So I took that one out. Tannehill was the second best. Still the second best if you do that, but if you're looking at just pure stat averages, Matthew Stafford was second best with 29 average points per game. Uh obviously way behind Lamar Jackson, but well, I mean of that's course. that's telling you that Stafford still has the fantasy production. So no. don't sleep on him because you can get a really good value late with him because nobody's going to take him. Don't
0: sleep on him. Probably because their running game was atrocious after carry on Johnson got injured and went out for what, seven weeks. And even he wasn't the greatest, but yeah, that's what we're leading into. Will carry on Johnson have any impact i mean yeah versus the packers week 17 they came out and started to surprise them until the packers came back and won that game but he only had 11 carries for 53 yards and put up a touchdown but you can see they are still not a running team matt stafford Mm -hmm. as long as he is in detroit is gonna put up amazing numbers fantasy wise i mean in just what uh, eight games he had 2,500 yards so guess what he was on pace for 5,000 yards he had 19 touchdowns so on pace for 38 touchdowns and only five interceptions in eight games so only 10 with as much passing as he does those are insane numbers and he's gonna yep. be a guy that you can get late Just wait on your quarterback next year. I'm telling you again and again and again, we're not taking Rodgers early. We're not taking Lamar Jackson because he's going to be a second or third-round pick. Patrick Mahomes is still going to be a second or third-round pick in a lot of these leagues. You don't have to do it. There's guys like Matt Stafford who he's had eight games, a half a season to sit out and heal up, and he will be ready to go when next season comes along, and Matt Stafford will be the guy that you can just rely on. He had one bad year last year, and I told you guys to go out and get him this year. Unfortunately, he got hurt. But there's no reason after you know ten years right. in the league to s- suspect that Matt Stafford was going to have two bad years in a row. There was no reason for that.
1: No. Right. And then to go back to On Johnson, I just want to say this real quick. Um, the the thing with him is, that if you sort it by average because he I, I, you have to yes, because of course. You, you you have so many weeks that he missed because of the injury if you sort it by average he's the 32nd running back on average so that's the last guy <laughs> that's yes. the last guy you want i don't want that i mean you have him he's he's barely a flex to me barely i don't want i don't even want to use him I'm sitting there thinking, oh, who else do I got? Oh, I got Kerryon Johnson. Who else do I got? That's 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 honestly what I'd be thinking.
0: <laughs> well, you got to talk about a tight end last time. I'm talking about a tight end this time. We started off, and I thought I was on point. I was telling you, a couple of these rookies were going to be so good this year. And TJ Hawkinson came out a sling in 25 25- points points in week one. Six catches, (laughs) 130 yards, and a touchdown. That is awesome out of a rookie tight end. Well, he scored a total of 50 more points across the entire season after a 25-point performance in week one. So, TJ... Can we get a little more consistency out of you next year? Maybe it was Matt Stafford. Maybe it was you just not having, you know, a grasp of the offense. But you were such a great receiving threat. You can do it. I have faith in you. But holy crap, did you make me look stupid this year. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, week, week two, negative point points yes. week three negative point four <laughs> points this isn't a flag league so it's a little skewed from other things but and then we had a uh, week eight point eight points week 11 point one points week 12 nothing at all <laughs> Two and targets. everything else everything else was below 10 yeah <laughs> that's just and, bad. and then
0: versus the Bears the last game that he got to play he had six catches 18 yards <laughs> that's just pathetic so we're ranting about our tight ends again this year, but that's going to wrap it up for us, for the <laughs> NFC North. Um, there's a lot of question marks going into next year with every single team, so it is a division to really keep your eye on because uh, fantasy-wise, there's a lot of options there and a lot of comeback player of the year Options, if you can pick yep. out the right ones, you know, like Matt Stafford. If you can wait and get him, he could be that guy. Get you forty touchdowns and five thousand yards passing. It's a real possibility.
1: It uh, is. All
0: right. Well, uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. If you're on Twitch slash Fantasy Fuel, we appreciate it. Um, yeah, we've got a long off season. But if you want to join us, we've got another podcast called Fantasy Fuel on the Fire that we're going to transition into here in a moment where we'll just talk about football and what it means to us and how annoying some things are and yeah. all these other good things. So again, thanks for listening, and don't forget to stay fueled up this really long off season.